I know that could be obvious, but it's the first thing to do usually is to create digital assets that are really powerful. You are not just selling, for example, a shirt or a sweater or knitwear, whatever. You are selling an outfit. You are selling a part of the experience of touching that kind of item. One of the hardest things to do in e-commerce is creating an online experience that truly showcases every aspect of a product. And this is especially true in the world of luxury goods. We're allowing the customers to touch and feel and admire the craftsmanship of a product is key. And at the same time, they're expecting to have an indulgent in-store experience, which is tantamount to the story of the brand. Just the in-store experience can serve as the main selling point and create word of mouth like no other. Think about the stores that you walk into that have the champagne, the little appetizers. You have someone guiding you through all the products, picking out the perfect item for you. Now that's an experience. That's why I invited Fidel Seforza to the show. Throughout his career, he's been at places like Brunello Cuccinelli and Baggi Milano, and has had to figure out how exactly to create a luxury e-commerce experience that matches and works in tandem with a luxury in-store experience. On this episode of Up Next in Commerce, Fidel tells us exactly how he's been able to do just that and explains why e-commerce leaders have to be evangelists within a traditionally retail-based environment. Plus, he details how to use data and technology as a window into the needs of your different customers, which you can then leverage to create a personalized shopping experience across all the channels. So cozy up with your fanciest cashmere sweater, which I do not own yet, but someday, and enjoy this episode with Fidel Savorza. Before we dive into this episode, I was hoping you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps spread the word about the show, and I would really love it. So please, let me know how I'm doing, and give me a rating, give me a review. Let us know. All right, enjoy the episode. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent State of Commerce report. Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word. Hey there, and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce, your number one spot for all things commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, CEO at mission.org. Joining us today is Fidel Sforza, who's currently working as an e-commerce and omni-channel consultant, working for large and small companies. Fidel, welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate uh, your introduction. I am excited to have you on. I was actually about to name drop all the companies you've worked on e-commerce back in the day. But then I was like, I should just let you do it because I don't want to botch that. So could you walk through, you know, the places you've been and how you've got to where you are now? Yes. Uh, So I, when I, since I started, uh, I've worked for fashion companies, 
in Italy where, you know, as well, <laughs> we have a lot of them. I started with the company which was uh, in the denim. Uh, it's called the Donda. And then I worked for Brunello Cucinelli, which is a big company already known <laughs> all around the world for its uh, craftsmanship. It's a luxury brand. Um, there I worked in, in terms of uh, creating digitalization in the company. Uh, not just e-commerce, not just the website, but also uh, creating a sort of uh, an experience of luxury, which is the uh, most difficult thing usually. When you have the possibility to create a, an upper level experience, uh, you are doing well. It's always difficult to communicate a product like that with that price point. Uh, and uh, with the, all the technologies that we had, uh, we did quite good. Uh, trying also to personalize in an artisanal way, which is uh, something a little bit different from uh, a lot of companies now. Uh, well, I did a rollout also of the entire e-commerce worldwide using uh, Salesforce Commerce in that case. And uh, we connected also the part of the service and the marketing cloud for the automations. Uh, there we had also the part of uh, omnichannel, which means uh, in that case, uh, returning store, pickup in store, and all these kind of activities. I work for uh, Aspezi, which is a small company, medium. Core business was uh, the outerwear, but um, premium luxury outerwear. The company was um, starting to adapt themselves to the commerce, so uh, selling online e-commerce. Um, in that case, I had the opportunity to create a sort of uh, alignment with also the, all the marketplaces, like, for example, Farfetch and uh, also some other retailer online, which is the most difficult thing when you would like to find the balance between your diet to consumer sell and uh, the um, other kind of uh, selling like from marketplaces and uh, direct to consumer retail. Uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And then I went to uh, Boggi Milano. For me, it was a good opportunity to experience uh, very well the omnichannel part. Uh, Boggi has uh, uh, 200 stores uh, around the world. Great thing was uh, trying to connect uh, a, a single view of the customer in order to give the same experience uh, everywhere. And uh, uh, having the possibility to use the, all the digital platform that we had uh, was very good for me. I think that uh, was a great experience uh, in, in order to understand how to uh, create a loop in the uh, journey of the customer. And uh, that, that's uh, Boggi Milan. And then I, I decided again to jump from the plane. I take the opportunity to move uh, uh, by myself after a while because uh, I had a lot of uh, requests from uh, companies uh, to help them to create a sort of uh, next level image online and uh, uh, giving them the possibility to create their business online, which is something especially for startup that is, uh, seems difficult, but uh, after a while uh, from startup is sometimes better also uh, mm -hmm. than working in a, in a complex ecosystem. Uh, it's starting from the scratch. Yeah. <laughs> so, and now here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, obviously you've had a ton of experience. I want to hear a bit about how, like what the landscape looks like in Italy when it comes to e-commerce, because a lot of these companies you've worked for, I mean, Baji Milano, I think has been in business since 1939. Like you're tackling companies 
have been around for a long time, probably have certain things set a certain way. Like what does the e-commerce landscape look like in Italy where maybe it's different kind of challenges than what we would see in the U.S.? I think that uh, uh, Italy is uh, now getting faster on the, on the road of uh, innovation. Uh, I think uh, pushed from this uh, situation probably. What I saw is the, that usually uh, you arrive in companies, especially in the clothing companies, uh, where there are already some systems uh, that you should try to adapt in a sort of, uh, let's say, your way to uh, work with that kind of uh, processes. In this way, I think that uh, uh, now uh, people understood the importance of the e-commerce and uh, uh, not just like a window, because that's something uh, very old, but like something that uh, it's a sort of uh, place where you see all the um, results of the work of the entire company. I think it's not just part of, part of uh, the brand image, but also of the strategy of a brand, the positioning, etc. Uh, usually, especially in the companies where you find a lot of uh, craftsmanship, uh, you need to adapt your the experience that you have online. And uh, especially in companies that are in the luxury, you need to uh, show to the customer that part of the experience. And especially in the uh, image online, sometimes you are struggling. Yeah. And in this case, uh, you try to find the way to adapt the model that, uh, for example, store managers are using into the stores, for example, which is something that is uh, uh, trying to do storytelling. And it's something that you bring also online, not just putting some contents into the, uh, into the online store or the website, but also understanding if maybe you can also try to personalize each kind of content for each kind of customer. For example, I had the opportunity to especially in the last year, uh, to use uh, content specific for uh, cross-selling. When you know already that the customer is more into, let's say, trousers, uh, it's better if you stop communicating them uh, shirts, mm -hmm. for example. Maybe they already have a shirt. No? Mm -hmm. And in that case, you can uh, use the marketing automation uh, to trigger some email directly, for example, to them. Maybe you understand that, uh, for example, that they don't like to receive email. Maybe you use another channel, like uh, could be another channel in advertising or it could be, uh, texting. for example, texting. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I think uh, the next level would be something that is more direct. Because especially in the luxury stores, usually each uh, uh, store manager has this panel of uh, customers. No? Mm -hmm. And the same way, uh, if you imagine e-commerce like someone that is an e-commerce manager, like someone that is managing customer in, in terms of uh, uh, information and maybe uh, helping them uh, directly finding something that they really want, not pushing just them uh, with email. We, we receive already, already tons of email. No? Mm -hmm. uh, it's better to find a, a personalized way. For example, in this case, an idea could be live shopping, for example, personal shopping, which is something uh, uh, very interesting that uh, probably they, every, everybody will adopt, uh, will adopt in the future, probably. Yep. So the one thing I want to kind of circle back to is around selling luxury goods, because we haven't yes. talked too much about that on the show. And I want to hear you know, how you approach that from 
an e-commerce perspective and how you actually showcase luxury? Like, what are you doing when it comes to the e-commerce presence? And maybe what things are you pulling from retail that kind of support that or lessons that you're pulling into e-commerce to show that this is a high value item, it's worth the money, here's why. Well, the first thing uh, that I know that could be obvious, but it's the first thing to do usually is to create um, digital assets that are uh, really powerful. For example, in one case, in Brunello Cucinelli, if you go to the website, you can see that the images on the product are very well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are not just uh, uh, normal images, like, uh, for example, could be in a normal platform that you find online everywhere. Mm, They are trying to give the perception of the product, uh, the quality of the product, for example. And uh, especially for a product that is... uh, maybe more than 1,000 uh, euro, let's say, mm-hmm. it's important to understand the, the feeling. Uh, another thing that is related to the, the image of, uh, of the brand in this case is also the uh, lifestyle. So you are not just selling, uh, for example, a shirt or um, a sweater or um, knitwear, whatever. You are selling an outfit. You are selling a part of uh, the experience of touching that uh, uh, that kind of item. And uh, usually with this part of the image, you um, help the customer following them through the services that you have uh, the possibility to contact them. For example, understanding what kind of uh, item they like more and maybe during the session of uh, purchasing, following them through a chat, for example, that could be interesting. Uh, understanding the pages that they are maybe not uh, browsing and maybe skipping and understanding better when they talk. So I think one part of uh, of this could be the conversational part also, uh, if uh, we want to resume it. Mm-hmm. And this would be something that would be uh, stronger and stronger probably in the future. This is uh, something that uh, usually helps a lot, you, st- you know, like uh, storytelling uh, directly, which is live. And not just that, because I think uh, that also the possibility to give the emotion of uh, someone that is uh, talking to you, mm-hmm. that's something also important. You see mainly in the websites that uh, you can browse, uh, actually, uh, people that maybe they are going around without uh, maybe purchasing, just uh, browsing, browsing, browsing. Uh, the most effective thing that I used usually was uh, putting a conversational chat, could be, for example. Uh, that maybe as a, a triggeration means that, uh, for example, understand that uh, you are in the product page that you would like to, the, the product that you would like to buy. And maybe in that case, they would, we enter an agent that could be not just a, a service agent, but a personal shopper, mm-hmm. which is something that knows the product, for example, and could tell you something more, not just giving you information about shipping or returns, yep. something more that is related to the product specific. I was just going to ask about that, that I could see, you know, for a luxury brand, like you can't just put bots and, you know, conversational bots on the website. People going there are probably looking for, you know, that in-person curated experience that they would experience when going, you know, into a retail location of maybe a Baji Milano. So is that, how do you think about having customer service on the website that kind of replicates it to where, you know, something that they would experience when they go into the store as well? Probably uh, will be a sort of mix of the two things. Probably one of the things in the future that uh, we will see is that uh, probably 
people in the stores will help the selling online. Mm-hmm. Let's imagine how is the, uh, in, a, in a technique way could be uh, a chart that is uh, popping up. And uh, when this uh, triggeration knows that probably there is a person that is a hot lead, in that case, uh, maybe there will be someone in the store that knows that this is the customer, maybe logged in. And uh, in that case, there will be uh, one person that in the store is using, I don't know, an iPad or maybe a smartphone, whatever, uh, understanding the customer and giving him all the information that he needs about the product, for example. So there will be a sort of uh, also optimization of the people that are sale agent or people that are selling into the stores, for mm-hmm. example, merging all the information about the product and the information about the customer in this case. Uh, regarding the this typing of uh, selling is what's called before showrooming yep. or something like that. Um, well, I think that uh, uh, more and more would be applied to, to all the, the kind of customer. Mm-hmm. The most difficult thing is also approaching, for example, to uh, a kind of customer that is not digitalized. Well, in this case, maybe the best thing is trying to uh, contact the customer, uh, helping them maybe to book an appointment and giving the possibility to go into the store. And maybe after that, trying to uh, give them the the possibility to try the selling online. Because one of of the things that uh, probably we will see uh, in the future is also the fact that uh, Stores should not be anymore warehouses, no, just warehouses, but would be a source of uh, experience point. And uh, in this case, you will merge probably the what you have online with the, with the offline. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine, who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about, but don't talk about. Publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. How are you advising brands to do that now, especially when maybe things are starting to kind of open back up? I mean, I know you're talking about having these pop-up shops and maybe like a guide shop you can go in and try stuff on. But what are you advising around like how to think about it over the next year or two of what's going to work? Talking about uh, this, this part and what I was saying, for example, um, one of uh, the struggling points is, for example, the warehouse that should be uh, all around. I mean, uh, you cannot have just one, one store with this item. Mm-hmm. Probably in the future, it will be a warehouse that would be hybrid, let's say fluid. Mm-hmm where all the customers could uh, see online what they have, probably also into the store. For example, one thing that could be, and I experienced that it's very helpful into the store, 
is having, for example, an iPad with uh, the entire catalog, let's say a replication of the e-commerce somehow. And uh, in this way, selling what you have uh, not in the store, but selling what you have into the online warehouse. Online which means uh, everywhere probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that the best thing is not having a stock that is uh, stopped in one store, but the stock that is moving from uh, one one to the other store in order to have uh, the longer possible uh, um, SKU numbers in terms of uh, uh, stock options. I think that another thing is the, the uh, training of people into the stores, for example, uh, giving them the possibility to understand that behind the digitalization, there is not the cannibalization of the store. There is something that could be uh, another way to sell something that you probably don't have in the store, no? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's another way to, uh, let's say, let's say something that would be, uh, become uh, a sale agent uh, 3.0 or 4.0. <laughs> I don't know how many numbers we are having now. So helping them to become more uh, tech advanced, especially in Italy, when you go in the store, maybe you see people that are too much connected with the store, with what they have into the store, but they are not thinking that maybe they could understand uh, if uh, a customer is a loyal customer, uh, what kind of uh, item he bought, what kind of size preferences he has. And something that is uh, uh, happening already probably into some online stores, uh, but not yet in uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, one, one thing that I will see as a next trend would be something, sorry if I say the name is a digitalization, when the store become digital. Uh -huh. And uh, especially in Italy, I saw a couple of stores that are, starting to become more and more like that. It's like Adidas and Nike, for example. Mm -hmm. They are using a lot of uh, part of uh, NFT, virtual reality, and all these kind of uh, aspects that uh, will be helpful for uh, each uh, person that is going into the store. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of possibilities now. I think that uh, our role is to help brands to start to approve this kind of uh, digital assets and uh, putting in the store to give uh, an extra experience. No. Yeah, I was just uh, going to say that it seems like, especially for luxury brands, figuring out what kind of experience your customer wants and what's going to draw them in. I mean, I'm even thinking back in my California days, there was this one little strip, it was like a street and all the shops opened up and they all had wine. So of course, I'm going to be there and appetizers. And I remember the different kind of events, like some of them had bands and it was all very unique depending on what the items were and what they were selling, but it left a really good impression. And every year I'm like, oh, I need to go back there. I forget what it's called, like whatever the name is, but I would go back there because of that experience and then have, you know, really good brand awareness later on. of like, oh, that was the one that had the really good cheese board and wine and had, you know, the band playing or whatever it was. How do you think about luxury brands creating events like that and experiences that match what their customers want or maybe creating partnerships that they weren't doing before this? I think that uh, one, one part of uh, this kind of uh, assets that we are still exploring is the content personalization. Actually, I didn't see yet, uh, for example, a website that is adapting uh, to what you really 
uh, would like to see. Mm-hmm. And um, when you have you had your experience, for example, uh, it's like for me, I like wine too. <laughs> uh, when I go into my store, uh, they know already that they like, for example, strong wine, uh, something 14 degree <laughs> with the uh, full body. And the sale assistant knows already that probably I don't like some other kind of wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is something that uh, probably in the retail is working and the retail will uh, having extra information with the data through the iPad or whatever, mm-hmm. already there are in place this, can, this kind of things. Uh, the good opportunity for the stores online is the, the fact that they have data probably and uh, they maybe just need to convince a little bit more to have a navigation logged, for example, uh, they are not yet adapting the, the experience of browsing into the store to the personal, the course with the content personalized, no, uh, for each one. I think that the next big thing is uh, this one. And um, not just the content that are, let's say, uh, set with some rules already preset, but something that uh, works with uh, artificial intelligence, for example. Mm -hmm. There are already in place some tools and platforms that are working in this way. Well, I talk about uh, Salesforce because it was uh, one of my experience. Tell me a bit more. Tell me more about that. Well, already as data, already as data about the the navigation, already as data about the, uh, the content that the customer uh, would like to see and the, comments, the content that is skipped already as in data regarding the purchasing already as all the information uh, what you need to adapt is the, the system from behind in front end and, and back end as well that uh, create this kind of experience that is unique for you removing all the other information that uh, probably and, and uh, images product whatever that uh, probably that customer doesn't mm-hmm. want uh, in, in general this is, a, this is also very uh, powerful because think about the uh, conversion rate optimization. What is the, 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 the most, <laughs> the higher probably way to, to create a better conversion? Removing all the friction, removing all the aspects that the customer doesn't want. So all this uh, information already exists. Uh, I think we are still missing the real personalization of the, the contents. and. Uh, there are still people probably that they, they don't like, they want just to browse. Uh, there are stores that are <laughs> full of these uh, non-personalization possibilities. So uh, there, there is place for, for everyone probably. Yeah. So tell me, I don't know much. I mean, I know Salesforce, Commerce Cloud has Einstein. and But tell me about like when you were thinking about implementing AI, especially for a company with maybe quite a few products, like what did that look like? Like, what were you trying to solve? And then what did the process look like to actually get that going? And then what kind of results did you see? Kind of like a mini case study. I think that, uh, like, like uh, for example, in case of Salesforce, let's think about uh, one, uh, one possibility, which is sorting rule of the product, of prediction of the, you may like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually when you go in the website and you see, you may like this, usually it's not something that you like. Okay, you're like, no, I'm good actually. I don't need a toothbrush <laughs> along with my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's two parts of, uh, of the possibility of content personalization are this in, this, in a specific way in the, in the products. You have all the data that helps you, for example, to understanding uh, 
what what kind of uh, item could like this person, for example. And in that case, you can really give you a personalized uh, content that you could like. But not just that, because uh, uh, it's not just into the website. Also uh, connecting, for example, the marketing automation, let's say also, uh, for example, marketing cloud in this case, mm -hmm. could give you the possibility to send email, for example, which is uh, the, the, the channel that uh, we, we all use, uh, sometimes we abuse. Uh, but more personalized, not just pushing any item. No, you find the new collection. Mm, okay, could be better to say, uh, in the new collection, there are the items that you always look for. It, it's this. And maybe, oh, wow, <laughs> you understand it is this. Okay, not enough. You can connect also the automation to, for example, advertising with the personalized content. I had the opportunity to see some, some tools like, for example, I don't, I don't want to say the name, but there are some tools that are working very well already with the banner personalized into the content. Mm -hmm. So they personalize the uh, image and also the tone of voice and also the copywriting in a banner. So uh, wow. it means that you that's can, cool. Yeah, <laughs> means that you can see really, for example, in, in, I saw some luxury brand that they, they use uh, they, they use an, an uh, impersonal form to talk with people. Maybe sometimes they could understand that a, a personal form in A-B testing could be better. Mm -hmm. In this way, maybe they could perform this kind of A-B testing using personalized content, like, uh, for example, in the banner and, and, and whatever. So mm, there are already this kind of uh, uh, aspect, and it could be uh, very good. Another point that we saw before, for example, could be the fact that maybe this person is browsing every day because at the moment stores are closed. Is browsing every day and probably is really uh, interested in one item. Could be good uh, maybe if uh, you try to maybe push one of the uh, sale agent to talk with him if he knows him and understand in, in, in some way if uh, he needs an help uh, buying online, for example, or maybe you could buy a uh, convincing help. You could buy, maybe you can also return or maybe you take it and uh, when we reopen the store, you come back to the store and you try the other feet, the other feet, the other sides, whatever. So there are already this, this uh, uh, touch point. Uh, the important for each uh, company is to put all together these touch points. Yeah. So sometimes in my experience, I found a universe when you arrive. So data everywhere. I was <laughs> just going to say that a lot of companies we've talked to, it does feel like things aren't very connected. And I mean, how you're saying, okay, you take Salesforce Commerce Cloud, then you plug in their Einstein, then you plug in Marketing Cloud, and you've got this whole suite where the data is all talking to each other, informing ad campaigns, and informing ad campaigns and marketing campaigns, and it all works together. But a lot of companies we've talked to, like you said, it's a universe and marketing teams not talking to the you know tech team who's doing the e-commerce implementation, who's not talking to the ads team and it definitely seems like there's a lot of room over the next year or two to kind of bring everything together and maybe reduce the tech stack so that's more uniform and connected than trying off, you know, trying out all these like one-off tools here and there that create individual databases that are hard to tap into. Yes, I think that um, uh, as I told you before, uh, our role sometimes is to uh, being evangelist into the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, uh, sometimes is the also our human part of uh, being mediator in all the roles. 
One of the difficulties that uh, I found uh, um, in my previous experience is also, for example, talking with the production department or maybe talking with the uh, retail department. Sometimes, especially for the e-commerce, we, are, we were seen like uh, we are against the, the retail. Now that they understood that we are servicing also them because we are the biggest window, if you, we think uh, about a, a website, uh, they are understanding that we could also collaborate in somehow. For example, uh, some data that uh, we are collecting, they could be helpful also for the production team, for example. Sometimes they come to us and they tell us how many views, for example, as this product, okay? To understand uh, how many returns we had with this uh, item. We had too many, okay, maybe next season we don't do this. And this will adapt also the, the uh, model of a, a production system, which is something very powerful, actually. Mm-hmm. So we are a sort of a mediator sometimes because we are in this. Uh, and when I talk about the digital mindset, it's something that would be really helpful. So also for the human resources, <laughs> starting to find people that are really mediator, but also they, they are innovator, I think, some, somehow. Mm-hmm. And also in a a little part, also a little digital specialist or whatever, but at least uh, they know what they are doing. And this is uh, mm, something that is happening now. We are forced to stay at home and uh, we use uh, a lot of technologies, devices. Maybe uh, my father now is more evolved than me, probably somehow when he was condemning me about mm-hmm. staying a lot on the computer, but now he's working more than me. And so uh, he's using the digital more than me sometimes. It's a fast changing world. A lot of people are yeah. jumping on that yeah. maybe wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, the one thing that I have started to think about is because things are moving so quick and we're all you know at home and behind screens, I think there's an area where we can kind of lose touch with the human experience and, you know, what people are seeking when they go to a retail store. I'm even thinking about when you were saying about how someone's browsing every day on the website and maybe a customer service person should reach out. But imagine if you take it a step further and you come back the next day and it's the same one. Like, oh, Stephanie's here again. You know, hey, welcome back. Like, you know, any new questions today? I know we talked about this yesterday, but thinking about like, why do you go into retail? Sometimes it's fun to see the same person, you know, where they have context with you, where they know what you maybe already bought in a more personal way. Same coffee shop person where it's like, that's my girl. She always knows how to make my coffee. But thinking about how to bring those kind of experiences online, I think is something that's maybe been missed because we've all been, you know, behind screens and not as much in-person interactions where we're kind of forgetting, like, what do we seek when we go in person and want to go into a store and meet someone and talk to them? And I think that... uh... I did one, the, the, the thesis on my master of degree that was uh, regarding social media in this case, uh, social media relationships that matter. I think that the, the point is really uh, knowing the customer. Uh, we think about back in the years, we, we started to uh, talk about uh, not anymore the brand at the center, but the customer at the center. I think that uh, we like to put the customer at the center, but at the same time, we like to put, especially in the fashion, sometimes we to put the brand image of the of the brand at the center and then mm-hmm. the, the customer. I think this way uh, we need to put, again, the customer at the center, understanding whatever he, he likes and uh, creating this better uh, relationship with them. 
what you told is uh, something that uh, is really important, uh, especially considering uh, what is happening in the stores. I think probably the other point is not uh, uh, creating a service team, but a personal assistant mm-hmm. team. So people that they really uh, have a, like a, like happen, uh, is happening in the stores, uh, having a portfolio of customers yeah. where they really study the customers. Because also in my experience, I uh, uh, especially in the startup, I start uh, really uh, looking at each order that is coming from each person that is coming uh, to understand what they do, what they like. And uh, this, this is uh, good for me because it helps me to understand where I should improve something, for example, and how maybe I could uh, uh, talk with them. What is the tone of voice? Uh, what kind of aspects I should, I should touch when I talk with them? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, this is something that is not just uh, segmentation, but this is something that is more uh, related to fluidif- fluidify the, the relationship that you have. In the, in, the, in the past, I think we had too many silos uh, behind one cluster and another cluster, etc. Mm-hmm. Now I think that with the artificial intelligence, we have a more possibility to predict some kind of uh, uh, aspects regarding the customer and uh, doing some actions that are really being connected with him. I, I, I say one, one thing that uh, could, be, could be strange in, my, uh, in one of uh, my previous companies, for example, we used to try to do uh, some, some kind of uh, upselling, uh, writing uh, after looking at the order, understanding that we are, for example, sending an email with the, uh, the follow-up. So we are preparing your order. We saw that you bought this and this. We would like to thank you, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we would like to suggest this kind of matching. And it's also uh, written <laughs> and written sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. And um, giving him also the possibility to, for example, see the outfit uh, uh, preview through the email, for example, whatever it is. Usually it happens that the customer starts to uh, understand that you really are focused on him. It just, yep. it, it, it didn't not just uh, buy online an item. He bought something that could be something that is an experience personalized. And uh, Ooh, I like yeah, that. I don't think I've ever had an email, at least from where I buy. Maybe I don't buy enough, enough luxury things. I definitely don't. But maybe that's why I haven't seen that where it's like, oh, you bought this, you know, shirt. Here's a pair of pants that go well with it and shoes. Like I've never seen that level of personal personalization, which I actually think would be helpful instead of just, you know, oh, hey, Stephanie, I'm going to personalize your name and like what you bought, going that extra level to be like, here's how to complete the outfit or here's how to, you know, actually wear it or, you know, what to do with it. Yes. I don't know. That's yeah, way, way different. It's a sort of personal shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that you should have uh, people that really knows the product, knows the collection, knows uh, everything of that. You need also a sort of human touch to understand also uh, for who you can do that or, or not. Mm-hmm. And not making it just be the stock image that was on the website. Like if there's already an outfit, I don't want to see that one. I want to see something that feels like it's custom to me and not just what the model was wearing. Because if I wanted that, I would have yes. bought it at the time. Also, this was personalized in one case. For example, taking a picture from the showroom, we had the possibility to stay in the showroom where uh, we have all the items of the collection that uh, we are putting online, for mm-hmm. example and matching directly and taking a picture and uh, sending, for example, through the email. And then in the follow-up, you can also write manually. Sometimes it's uh, also nice. 
uh, especially in the, when when we complete the order, we we were uh, putting something at Britain, and this more personalized. I think. Well, I think that this part of personalization that is transmitting something that is not just technology <laughs> is uh, very important for the luxury and uh, especially for for the the, the fashion, etc. Yep. We had on a company called Handwritten, spelled with a Y instead of an I. And it was interesting hearing about the level of um, increased conversions with handwritten notes and, you know, coming from the brand. And it's, yeah, I think especially important for luxury. But then I also wonder, you know, is everyone going to start getting handwritten notes because now it's easier to get those digitized and look handwritten? And maybe it's not going to be something that people want anymore. I don't know. Like, it feels like if you abuse something too much, people get used to, okay, now everyone can get handwritten letters done for them. And it looks like writing and now maybe... Yeah, it's saturated the market in a way that customers don't want that anymore. So it feels like a really quickly evolving area, but maybe still an opportunity there. And think about also the um, reduction, for example, spamming, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, which is something that uh, is is a part in this case. Mm-hmm. You increase the conversion rate, but uh, you decrease also the losing time in doing things that probably are not working. You know, we we have a KPI. <laughs> so we know already that there are some people that really don't take care about uh, emails anymore. So mm-hmm. it's something that maybe we should understand if there is another channel. And then maybe the, this channel could be also sometimes also a postcard. <laughs> yeah. Are you experimenting with any new channels right now with some of the startups and larger companies that you're advising? Well, um, uh, I would like to, for example, in one, one kind of... Um, Brands I'm working with, which is wine, is <laughs> a winery. <laughs> um, I would like to give the possibility to have an extra uh, assistant, which is, for example, a sommelier apporté, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is some, someone that is uh, uh, giving you really a possibility to choose the right wine for you mm-hmm. for the right moment. Um, maybe uh, connecting the loop because, for example, they offer also the part of wine tasting in the winery. Mm-hmm. But maybe at this point you cannot do. And uh, I think that uh, uh, giving the possibility to, for example, uh, give an experience that could be live, the first step, it's important. But also with this kind of, uh, you know, the video uh, mm-hmm. talking directly with the person could be uh, helpful. And then in the next touch point, maybe also creating a sort of a relationship between the two. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a part that I'm working with. Well, I think that uh, especially in the items that I'm working now, I work with uh, another company, which is um, a small startup, uh, but uh, is innovating a lot. We are doing uh, spirits, uncommon, totally uncommon, which is... Uh, made by uh, selvatic plants, for example, botanical. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult to communicate to the the customer. Uh, The differences between, uh, for example, a gene that is industrial and a gene that is more artisanal, for example, or a soda that is more artisanal. Uh, Especially when you, I I felt when I talk with people and I explain sometimes when I had the opportunity to, for example, uh, give the the possibility to try them uh, live, I saw that they, they really experience uh, more and more and they buy directly. Also, some friends, you know, that yeah. they say, okay, no, they, they will never buy. No, when they experience, they understand that there is something good behind and uh, uh, the storytelling helps a lot in this case. Yeah. So something that helps. 
I like that. So I had a really good wine experience last night. Now that we're on the wine topic, have you ever heard of this wine called 19 Crimes? 19 Crimes? No. So I would check. I would check it. Everyone on the show always talks about, you know, you can't just put technology on something. You don't want to just apply the newest and greatest things. Like, why do you need VR and AR right now? And everyone always says that. But last night, I got these two wine bottles, 19 Crimes. I bought it because it had Snoop Dogg on the label. I didn't know why. I was just like, one had Snoop Dogg on it and one had some very old timey figure on it. I was like, great. I mean, apparently these were criminals. That's why they're on this wine called 19 Crimes. And this wine company has an AR app, an augmented reality app. And you hold your phone over top of the wine label and then the figure jumps onto your table and starts making this whole scene about why this guy is a criminal, what he did. And it's just this whole world on your table and he gets pushed into the wine bottle. And it was amazing. It was like such a cool experience, such a conversation starter. Even people in my house who don't drink wine, like my mother-in-law wanted to come look at it, see what was happening. She wanted to watch Snoop Dogg talking, which I'm like, do you even know who he is? Like, I don't know what he's about to say. You might want to cover your ears, but it was a really, really cool experience. And it kind of made me think a little bit differently about, you know, where technology can be applied to create an experience like that, that you're going to talk about. I mean, now I want to go back and buy all the wine bottles that this brand 19 Crimes has, because I'm like, I want to see all the stories and what kind of AR experience they've built around this. It was awesome. Everyone should go check it out. Well, I think that uh, this is important uh, for, for the future, special, especially um, in the everywhere world, you know, in terms of uh, you uh, were experiencing something that was online at your home, but could be in the store, could be everywhere. And the uh, most important part now that we need to understand that people are really everywhere and they don't want to talk about any more channels, for example. Mm-hmm. But you, you need to understand where they would like to, for example, have that kind of experience. Could be uh, a virtual reality, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something that is connecting in the same moment where they are really, uh, they really would like to buy something, for example, or maybe know something, uh, which is uh, super important for me. Oh, I like that. Uh, it's not all about the channels. You have to think about where your customer's enjoying it. And like you said, I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to be posting pictures on social media. It's like if you're having wine with your family or friends or whatever, you kind of want to be present there and only take out your phone if it's for maybe something that you can share together and not just be like staring down at your phone and being a hermit, which sometimes I do that too. But yeah, also the, this point of uh, the digital digital detox, let's say something like that, that could be something that is not just uh, one uh, person that is looking at this phone because probably we did in the, this two year, last year, mm-hmm. uh, will be important in the future. What you, what you thought is, uh, super, is, is nice because you shared something that you saw, it's not someone that is uh, by himself watching something, but sharing. And this is also a way to network the product, for example, in this case, uh, watching on the side of the marketer, sorry, mm-hmm. if I go back also on that. I think that uh, um, we are starting to find this kind of uh, uh, new elements, uh, but uh, will be something that we, we will approach in the, in the immediate future. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, Fidel, well, we have a couple minutes left and I want to make sure we don't miss the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by our friends at Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask a question and you have a minute or less, one minute or less to answer. 
Are you ready? No, 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 I'm not ready. <laughs> oh, you're not ready. All right. Take a few deep breaths. Shake it out of it. All right. We'll do the hardest one first and then it'll be fun ones after. Okay. What one thing will have the biggest impact on e-commerce in the next year? I think that um, in the future, there will be more and more uh, personalization. And uh, we need to understand uh, where, where are we and where we could go with the, our product. And uh, mm, stopping pushing people with uh, uh, just uh, emails or whatever and understanding really what is uh, uh, behind each customer and adapting uh, each content to each customer on, on, on the channel where that is uh, wherever it is. So everywhere channel I would like to talk about. Yep. And I think that uh, data and uh, blockchain also will be uh, uh, also the next big thing. And especially in the in, in a loyalty process uh, will be something that uh, could be really interesting to be early adopter probably. Oh, that's a good one. I need to bring on a blockchain expert for retail and e-commerce. Sure. That'd be a good one. Sure. I'm working with one of the company on, the, on something regarding the, the blockchain and uh, I'm experiencing something that could be really interesting, especially, for example, we talked about the wine mm-hmm. uh, on a loyal system that is uh, with the blockchain model adapted hmm. to it. And uh, it's uh, super interesting. I think that somehow there is uh, there's still some, someone that is uh, not pushing, probably there is an economic model that uh, we are touching yeah we need gloves to touch it but uh, i think that will be the next big big thing as as well yep i agree i'm a big blockchain advocate so you advise all these companies you've worked at a ton of companies over the past decade or more how do you stay on top of e-commerce what are you reading what newsletters are you subscribed to like how do you stay on top of the industry uh i i like to browse in general I like a lot when I see uh, content written by uh, people that are expert mm-hmm. in in the in the topic. And uh, for example, I have uh, many possibility to look around uh, online. Uh, Medium, for yeah. example, is one of the platform that I like mm-hmm. because usually I find uh, some genuine contents and uh, also well written for me. In the fashion, there are many others. I always like, for example, business of fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, a website uh, super powerful. They do an annual report with uh, all the information and they like also to understand what is the next trend uh, on, for example, in this case, on fashion technology and whatever. Well, now I'm focusing more on the sustainability, to be honest, yeah. uh, not, not just for uh, greenwashing because it's not at all. I think these are uh, mainly the, the way that uh, I find out and um, I experienced also somehow uh, with the, in my case, I use a lot of um, uh, Spotify and I like uh, podcasts through Spotify to listening maybe when, uh, when I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like to understand. And one way that I use also is uh, students in my courses uh-huh. <laughs> at the university yep. because they are really somehow uh, asking you something that is... Uh, you know, the, the next thing, what is, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I, I use the dialogue with them. So also networking directly with people will be also one good thing. Oh, I like all those. So that brings me to my <laughs> next question. Then you're a professor, like you just mentioned, 
What is one of the, like your favorite lesson that you're teaching your students? Usually in, in my case, uh, they uh, like to understand more about uh, online experience in general mm-hmm. and understanding more, like you asked before, how you sell luxury online, for example, and uh, how you can transmit artisanal perception of an item online. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, this is, these are the part. And now uh, usually they are really focused on the digital because I mm, usually teach in a university that is uh, in the poly design, which is a design uh, university. And they are really focused on the, uh, understanding what, it, what will be the store of the future, mm-hmm. for example. So uh, giving all the dots to connect, it's uh, a good thing. That's awesome. Well, Fidel, it's been awesome having you on. I've loved learning about the world of luxury and omni-channel and everything else. Where can people find out more about you and your work? So you can find me uh, in LinkedIn and uh, Instagram if you like pictures, <laughs> because I like big photos. Uh, you can find the, the, the brands I'm working with, which is like, for example, selvatic.com. Uh, and uh, there are many others. I'm online, so you find me with uh, my name and surname, usually Fidel Sporza. Thank you very much. Uh, for me, it was a really nice talk with you, uh, especially uh, crossing the idea between US and Italy uh-huh. and uh, giving the next uh, big trend uh, the possibility to, to go up. Yep. Yeah, I've loved having you on. It's been a blast. <laughs> Thank you very much. listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Up Next in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud and created by the team at mission.org. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.